electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Coming off four straight gains, record highs for all the major averages. Got a Fed statement impressor this afternoon with the taper announcement and rate guidance in focus. Ten-year yield hits a two-and-a-half-week low and ADP. As you heard Joe say, 571K above expectations. Our roadmap begins with the return of the short squeeze. Watching wild swings for shares of Avis, Zillow, Bed Bath. In fact, Bed Bath CEO Mark Tritton will join us in a few minutes. Plus, seeking tea leaves from the Fed. Stocks, of course, at new records as investors await news on the central bank's post-COVID policy course. And watching all the day's earnings movers, CVS, Discovery, T-Mobile, Lyft, Marriott, all among the names reporting quarterly results. Uh, But it has been said already uh, last night and today, Jim, uh, that when it comes to Avis, it's what you get when you get uh, short interest meeting thin markets. Yeah. Look, I think that people don't understand this is a new world. There's like Melissa Lee's Pete, uh, excellent documentary. There's a whole new group of people out there. If they see or they smell blood in the water of short sellers, they show no mercy. And uh, you're going to see that with uh, with Bed Bath, where people are quite wrong. And and you'll, you'll take a look at Avis and. Yes, it added $10 billion in market cap. But these people, remember, they're insensitive to market cap. If they cared about market cap, they wouldn't take GameStop to. And I mean, they, I mean, there's obviously, David, a group of people who have discovered that there are hedge funds, representing rich people, by the way, uh, that can be annihilated very quickly. There are also hedge funds that are in on on the in on it. Oh, you I, mean I like they're uh, fellow travelers? Also part of, yes, fellow, fellow travelers. travelers. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, well, it's a left-wing that, way, um, communist way, actually. That, uh that do participate as well. Listen, Avis, you know, we started to watch it yesterday uh, around 10 o'clock. We know that um, those who owned Hertz were short Avis right. just as a hedge. Right, that was a hedge. It was uh, brilliant. And then also Avis itself had already been up some seven, 800 percent, had an enormous performance going into the earnings print. Right. So there were those who were simply shorted as a result of saying, well, uh, you know, how much better can it get? Then you got better, and then you had that enormous short squeeze, which took the stock up to as high as 545 yeah, yesterday. It was GameStop at the end of February. It was up over 225% at one point. Well, look, I mean, Carl, what, what happens is you get – I don't think people realize that a lot of money is run. That's already a technical term, but a lot of uh, money managers are given money, and they're saying, listen, we need you to have some shorts. So the most logical short was, well, if you thought Hertz was good, well, you would bet against Avis. Now, these funds that have these provisions, they say they must have shorts. These are the ones where people go to work every day and say, uh, I, wish I, were, I wish I was an assembly worker dear because I'm going to make more money this year. Uh, well, not, well the hedge funds have yeah. underperformed the broader market yet again, as I've made the point many times. Those that have private investments, and that has become right. something quite popular, that is probably where they're outperforming, if anywhere, uh, because right. of the, 
crazy valuations, and that's not the word I'm using. I'm hearing it from many others that are taking place in the private market. Uh, they're benefiting from that in terms of the marks. But you're right. Now, of course, what they will tell you when they underperform year after year after year after year is that they risk adjust. So that's yeah. what they're doing, Jim. They're risk adjusting. Well, but you, look, we don't want to buy into their act. <laughs> well, their act has. is a bogus act. It's still a huge business. The hedge fund well, I mean, industry is still know, an enormous Enormous. Well, you, know, you can fool a lot of people out of just like a PT barn. It's been around for a long time, and it's like I, 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 25 I, great years of creating uh, billionaires well, and, and centimillionaires. Well, there, I, look, I, I think that Warren Buffett has covered that ground pretty close, saying that these people can't, they can't outperform. But I've seen the presentations. The presentations are remarkable. They have all sorts of really good graphs. Have you ever seen the presentations? Whiteboard marketing is the key to the. I, I was I was before, I was after one of these presentations. This guy was in there for a half hour and had like a, he said, "Where's your deck?" So I bring a deck, um, and it's to a university. And he brought a deck that was this big. I'm passing, like, "Wow, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great." And then you get to the numbers, and the numbers suck. No, you say numbers were awful. So I come in, scientific, term, and I right? say, they asked me, said, "Where's your deck?" I say, "I'm going to beat everybody." I said, "Well, no, but what's your strategy?" I said, "To win." I said, well, no, but what's your plan? I said, to beat, yeah, to win. And I said, a W is a W. And they kicked me out so fast, my head was spinning. And they gave all the money to the guy with the charts and graphs. There you go. Risk adjusting, man. So are are all of these CEOs who have their stocks inflated on these short-term dynamics, are they now also expected, like Adam Aaron, to raise money when it's their turn? Well, the opposite is what we're going to see today. Mark Tritton is got so much money at Bed Bath, you can buy back stock now. I don't know. We got to ask him, would you buy back stock up here? Because the stock just had a major move. I mean, Adam Aaron, in that great interview on Melissa's show, I mean, he basically just talked about these people saved my company. GameStop, we're still waiting. Um, but never, it's fine. They never fun really to wait. did the major, major offering. Don't forget, though, what? this year, the, the biggest move that I've seen was not because of Tesla. No, was uh, not because of the memes. It was it was Archegos. It was still Archegos. It was Archegos. Viacom and Discovery. Ar- and Viacom, by the way, did sell two plus billion dollars worth so of brilliant. stock. That was so brilliant, wasn't it? Remember, I'm looking at Discovery today because they reported earnings. We can talk about that a right. little later. You look at that move. Look at that. Look well, at that. My chapel trust I mean, owned that, it. That was not. Took a loss. That was not. Couldn't think of a reason to own it. That was not the Reddit crowd. That was some guy. With his family office that we didn't know had $10 billion working out of Short Hill, wherever he was in New Jersey. I like that call by you. We keep forgetting that this was just one of those. That was a prelude to the year, to the zaniness. Of, sure. That's zany. Of course. Now, how's the SEC investigation that? Insane. Now, by the way, Discovery never sold stock, but Viacom did. But it was brilliant. Yeah. Hey, could they sell stock and then buy it back? Remember they used to? <laughs> Maybe. He was like, hey, buy high. Hey, listen, that's sell high, buy low. That's yeah. a good strategy. That's true. How's the programs sure. there? They're doing well, the actual company. So, I, I forget, that company doesn't matter. It's about the stock. Right? Yeah. Don't confuse things. It's about the stock, not the company, David. That's the year 2021. It's not about the company. It's about the stock. Well, and to that point, Jim, you've been pretty good in telling our viewers what a good seasonal period the last five days have been. And we're up four for four in yep. that period. Well, I went back to Larry Williams, uh, who is the guy who gave me that. Larry Williams is a great historian of the market, saying stay the course. Not getting a little early to get, to get off the horse. Now, we have, we have the Fed today. And we'll make you know, the Fed's going to do something that is, I think, not anti-worker because that's Jay Powell. Uh, and I, I feel like we all know Jay, even though no one talks to him. 
And I think that what's happened is, is that we keep expecting him to lower the boom. And he'll do something, I think, that's benign because he's learned his lesson. Don't lower the boom. Don't do anything, David, that makes it so that you say, wow, the Fed killed this. Don't do that. Okay. So what does that mean when you are starting well, you taper, tapering? And that's not taper. enough? Taper's no, not enough? Taper. Money's cheap. Try getting a loan, though. It's really hard. Although Dudley, time. out with an opinion piece this morning, arguing that the, the Fed may have to do more than the market expects, he looks back to 2005, 2006, and says you went from one to five and a quarter for 17, 17 consecutive straight. meetings. Well, I mean... And okay, that, so he that's, says that's the, more, I, the better template to look at, not this last cycle. Right, I happen to like Dudley. Very nice man. Uh, the problem is, is that Jay doesn't do things that, that have been done wrong. Like, he's kind of an historian in the market. Like, he'll watch that and he'll say, well, so this guy thinks I'm going to raise 17 times. He thinks I'm a clown. He thinks I'm Bozo the Clown. He thinks I'm Krusty the Clown. I'm not Krusty the Clown. I read history, too. He knows history. Jay knows history. What do you like? He's like, woke up and fell off a turnip truck? He sees that 17 times is wrong. So he's like, let's do 18 times. No, I mean, everything about ever since at the beginning, when he did mistakenly said we need like three hikes, he learned from his mistakes. I think that shows wisdom. Wisdom. We're a podcast. Don't shake your head. No one knows what the hell you're talking <laughs> Sorry, about. Sorry, I forget we're a podcast. Wisdom. Thank you. That's yes. even more. Is that good? Did I do okay? Well, it was nice. It was condescending and insulting, and I liked it. Put me in my place. Uh, no, I wasn't being condescending or insulting. I think usually um, you know when I am. I'm sorry that you were misinterpreting. I was actually. Were you condescending and insulting when someone on Jeopardy got it so wrong? <laughs> I tried. Someone on Jeopardy, it was like, tried wow, that's completely wrong. Uh, you I never did that. Didn't that. you want to do it? Didn't I you tried. want to say. There was one category. It? it was like mothers and the guy did. Uh, celebrity mothers and the guy did the father. I was like. <laughs> Categories mothers. <laughs> uh, See, but you could have taken the wood to that guy. You could have just listen, I could have. Listen, I, listen, you uh, joke. Come on, you know what? They're, they're out there. It's an important moment for them. I'm not going to do that. It's an important moment they're for They're nervous. You. It's an important you can't moment get for the you. damn buzzer right. It's hard. I know. The best party I've been to, maybe the best ever, was the Jeopardy party. The Jeopardy party. Yeah, yes. Right. I saw Bill. <laughs> Your ma. <laughs> and it was like, your son is so smart and great. It's like, it's oh never too late. Never too late to tell oh a mom. All right. How- All right. Let's move on here. What? Oh, Lord. Okay, you want to talk about AMC? No, How I, smart I, I Adam Adam Jay Powell again. I bet he could be a good Jeopardy contestant. Jay would be awesome. Uh, when we do come back, you heard us talk about Bed Bath this morning. We'll talk with CEO Mark Tritton after the break. In the meantime, futures, as Jim said, uh, reflecting a little uh, hesitation ahead of the Fed meeting and presser this afternoon. Uh, we'll watch that oil also uh, back below 82. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, it is one of the most heavily shorted stocks on Wall Street, but it's also a company. Shares of Bed Bath & Beyond are soaring ahead of the opening of uh, the open of trading. The retailer announced a new in-store partnership with Kroger. Kroger's got a lot of stores, by the way. People don't understand how big this thing could be. Uh, Increase the buyback and uh, is going to do it ahead of schedule, which is interesting because the stock is up 10, so I don't know how worthwhile that is. But joining us now first on CBC is a pure delight. Bed Bath & Beyond CEO Mark Tritton. Mark, thank you for coming back on. Last quarter, you were unhappy with it. Seems like you've course corrected. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Good to see you. Um, so big, bold moves that we announced yesterday in terms of, you know, really two prongs, one around creating authority in the home and baby spaces with our partnership with Kroger and also our launch of our marketplace. And the second prong is really about that sustained shareholder value, uh, showing the confidence we have in our three-year plan, remembering we're three quarters into a 12-quarter turnaround, uh, which is substantial, but we believe we're on track and excited about that. Well, let's deal directly with what's happening with the stock this morning, because it does matter. You accelerated repurchase, but it looks like it's already accomplished the, uh, what it's supposed to. It, I know you wanted to buy more stock, and you've cut the float in half, and it's always been a great buyer of stock, and now it's actually a good company. But what I'm worried about is, is it, is it right to spend the money up here, or should you wait till it comes in a little more? We'll be prudent within the year on when and how we purchase. Obviously, this was a big rock and it's created some big ripples and we're not in it for the day by day. We're in it for the long term. So we've got a process to assess and evaluate really prudent spend uh, to maximize shareholder value. So, again, share shooting up to 27.32. That's a moment in time, not part of the overall plan to invest at those levels, of course. Uh, and we've got a balanced approach. So we feel good about that. All right. Well, what did bring you together with the largest grocer, Kroger? How did that partnership uh, come about? Yeah, look, I think a long time in the a long time in the making. Great conversations around really a fantastic market leader in grocery and consumer engagement. I mean, their reach, their loyalty, and the quality of that company and how they operate. Uh, it's just been a real joy to have dialogue with them. But what does that mean for Bed Bath and Beyond? It's a clear entry point for both our Bed Bath brand as well as, importantly, the Bye Bye Baby brand to reach out to a wider range of customers and really be the dominant brand in the U.S. around the bed and baby categories, so home and baby categories. Um, and we see that being tapped into a much wider customer base and, in some cases, a, a wider geography base is a real win for us and creates that authority and gives Kroger... Um, key brands and key statements and key banners that they can utilize to also create authority in, with their customer. Well, I was thinking about this deal, and I think it's really good that we pointed it out, because if you say, let's say you do a one to two million dollars a store, okay, that's two to four percent annual store revenue. That's not that. They got 2,000 in their source. That's not bad. Uh, then the week, I keep looking at it, and I keep thinking, 
Well, then therefore, Bye Bye Baby's worth the whole price of the company. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Uh, I think what this does, I mean, this will be sequential, right? So it's a step change and evolution. Firstly, uh, the digital engagement with their marketplace and their customer base. I think that will teach us a lot. And then a step change of piloting and testing opportunities within the store for shop-in-shop shop concepts and bringing that authority. I think there is a, a, a long-term wide field of play here that has great potential. Uh, I wouldn't begin to speculate on its impact at this point because it will be over time to each of the individual banners. But clearly, we've stepped in and partnered here with a great partner for a very specific purpose for growth and authority. There are two, two key vehicles. So I think it's a space to be watched. And we'll continue to invest in both of our core banners across the board uh, to create growth, particularly by Bye Bye Baby, where we're only at approximately about 130 doors now. And where we are in a, a regional or geographic market, we see that we're number one in baby. And when we see that we're not, we're number three to five. So that recognition of our banner and the associated products, knowing that we will do own brands and create distinct authority and differentiation and Bye Bye Baby as well as their path is a key vehicle for future growth and authority. Mark, it's David Faber. You know, back to the stock buyback. Uh, I mean, you've kind of committed to repurchasing $400 million in the in the third and fourth quarter of this fiscal year. And I just wonder, it's a high-class problem, but if the stock does stay here, and we've seen this happen with short squeezes and with obviously a fundamental reassessing as well, uh, will you still do that? Or... Do you back off because, you know what, better off to just wait and or what's the point? Yeah, we've seen this before, David, unfortunately, a few times where we see these spikes and then a regrouping. So we're going to be watching it closely and we have uh, cadence in place to be able to manage it. We're not going to waste our precious dollars and also the shareholder dollars. So we'll be prudent, we'll be cautious, uh, but we believe that at this point, when things settle down, we'll have the right share price to be able to purchase ahead of what we see is our three-year trajectory. All right, so, Mark, I was looking at your website. Obviously, there's some Christmas buys already, and they seem pretty good. I managed to – I raced that thing, and you told me to race. I got 20% off from Bye Bye Baby. But (laughs) what I'm wondering is is that we see uh, Janice suggesting uh, that uh, Macy's do a a dot-com spinoff. Saks is thinking about doing it. Uh, Isn't your e-com something like around $3 billion right now? You have four times revs. It could be worth – uh, I don't know, $12 billion. I know I'm crafting things, whether it be e-com or whether it be bye-bye baby. But you know, there's a lot of money around, Mark, and your stock's way too cheap versus the assets. Look, I think for us, we have come out from day one and said that we're an omnichannel retailer. And the integration of the, the digital side as well as the physical side of our businesses, now our partnerships and marketplace, that actually creates a really strong moat for us to say the data and the engagement and the experience are very deeply interconnected between our four key banners uh, and each of those vehicles. So for us, that is the ecosystem that we want to double down on. And we see the value in the company being the value of the ecosystem. So that's how we're investing, we're growing, and we're kind of driving our future plans. I think you're too modest, but that's okay, because I know last quarter you were unhappy with yourself. You uh, you were not happy with marketing. Uh, you were probably, unlike, say, a Zillow, incredibly hard on yourself. Uh, what were you able to do when you said went back to the old way? How are you able to, to move so quickly to realize, was it, I mean, I'm going to say it's humility, but I'd like to hear what you uh, realized that you had to change about. 
Yeah, look, I, I think we've always been committed in the new Bed Bath & Beyond to a level of transparency engagement with our shareholders, the street, media and customers, and that goes in good times and bad. And we had a tough time in Q2. And we saw some headwinds that we were not in our control, but we had to manage supply chain, COVID. And then we saw some headwinds there that were really self-inflicted. And that's that's tough, but you have to double down, you have to own it, you have to change it. For us, it was really about we cut off the lifeline for our marketing engagement to our everyday customer and really divested and reinvested in areas that weren't as fruitful. And we didn't have the right clarity and transparency around that internally. We've stopped that, we've pivoted under the new leadership of Rafi Masood, who's now our chief customer officer, uh, really engaging that 360 response and coming back to key vehicles, not to promote but to engage the customer and share our story and our opportunities, whether it be a deal or a great new brand on a regular cadence, just getting that into remastering the fundamentals uh, it was one of our key priorities. And we've done a lot of uh, work with our key partners like Google, et cetera, on understanding our customer, our traffic, our email penetration, et cetera. And that's been a, you know, an evolutionary process, as we talked about, it took a little moment uh, we see November and through to Q4, the really strengthening yeah. period of that turnaround in our self-inflicted wounds. All right. Well, Mark, I would urge people to go to the Chelsea store if they want to understand the future uh, in Manhattan. The short should go because, boy, are they ever a bunch of morons. Uh, Mark, great to see you. Mark Tritton, who is the CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond, which is going to be up a great deal today and deserves to be. Thank you. Thanks, Jim and team. Uh, still to come this morning, uh, Kramer's Matt Dash will count down to the opening bell. Take a look at futures. We'll get to some of the companies that have raised guidance today, including Mondelez, Amgen, CVS, Timo. Uh, NASDAQ's got a good shot at an opening high, all-time high at the open. We're back in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Take a look at some of the laggards this morning. Activism Blizzard is going to be at the top of the list. Uh, revenue in line. Uh, they do guide below, though. We'll talk more about that in a few moments as we get the opening bell in five and a half minutes. Don't go away. All right, let's get to a mad dash. We'll get you right down to the opening bell as well. Uh, why PayPal? Well, okay, you know I have this uh, investment club. Yes. And we have some wins. Estee Lauder was something we a very big position at DuPont. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about a loss because I think you have to be transparent. Okay. And that's part of what the club's about. Uh, we've been buying PayPal ever since, you know, pretty big after since this Pinterest deal broke down, thinking that people would realize, well, wait a second, PayPal's doing well. And they maybe did this ill-advised move and talking to Pinterest. But it doesn't matter. And one of the reasons it doesn't matter is because there's a company called Global Payments. That reported, and uh, Lisa Ellis, by the way, who's at Moffat and Nathanson, who's excellent. It's not just Moffat and Nathanson there. There's a lot of good people. No, right. uh, she talks about how it was a ho-hum quarter, and that's not good enough for global payments. But she's talking about a new world. And the new world is that MasterCard, Visa, PayPal, and Global are now old. And new are Affirm and Klarna and these companies that are buy now, pay later. So PayPal, incredibly, is being lumped in with old 
I'm not talking about the Lux check, although I had them on. They seem to have good story. It does seem but, a little hard to imagine that it could no, be I know, lumped but, in with old. Right, but you know, they're not, their emphasis is not buy now, pay later. They can be disintermediated by a firm. Now, let me just go back in the real world. Dan Schulman runs PayPal, and he's the best there is, okay? Uh, and the idea that this company is falling apart or really being hurt by buy now, pay later is they've got it. So it's really kind of They may, stupid. although it is but a big, it is, um, we talked about this a few weeks it's ago. Big, right. It is a, a truly emerging force. Right, but we know that um, there's Stripe. There's a, what's yep. going to happen is there's a lot yep. of IPOs that are coming. And maybe this has become, PayPal's become a source of funds. Now, in my defense, since I've been completely wrong on this, yeah. is that, because I'm right earlier, yeah. I, that Dan Schulman is a force. He's not sitting there and saying, you know what, my stock goes down every day. Why, why? He can buy back stock, Although, and it's a great company. Jim, the Pinterest thing did, did grow people. And it's a, sometimes it can be seen as a sign, like, what are they thinking and why are they thinking it? Particularly when they couldn't articulate anything around it. Well, you just put it, you just did it. You actually just said that's what, you know, that is why it's going down. It's like Dan Schulman loses mind. Well, it would have been, he might have lost his mind how you bought it. But yeah, I agree with you. Stock has not not gone up. I mean, it's gone down every day since they announced, almost every day since they announced the Pinterest deal. So anyway, PayPal wants a darling, now disliked, Travel Trust owns it, been wrong, like to point out the mistakes. A lot of money managers come on. They've never made a mistake in the world. There's my mistake. Take a look at Allbirds uh, ringing the bell at the Nasdaq this morning, uh, pricing 20 million at 15. That's above the range of 12 to 14 at the uh, big board. It's trying to Acquisition Corp celebrating its IPO as well. Uh, pretty good pipeline of IPOs coming well, we at have, Rivian next week. We think right, we have big. Uh, branding IPOs. That's what I regard Allbirds branding is not making money. My, my idea of a branding IPO is one that is not profitable. Now, they're almost profitable and that kind of thing. But what matters to me is that there's a group of companies, whether it be Warby Parker, uh, uh, this one, where they come public. And, David, what they really do is kind of like in the 1990s and 2000, oh, Allbirds, I'll buy that. That's a good company. I like their shoes. Right. That's one of the things we're in. We're in that era. I have three pairs of Allbirds, so I'm going to buy a stock of Allbirds. David, wasn't that reminiscent of another era? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, and it was unclear whether many of those companies ever would be truly profitable. Right. Although it is interesting. You would have imagined we had a glut of, uh, of athletic footwear a few years ago, and yet here we are. I mean, you had on, you had another one come public yeah, very recently. Yeah, there are any cool. number of new entrants that have been how able to get work? traction, yeah, so to speak, work? certainly building brands in this environment. Well, look, mean, at, look at Under Armour yesterday. Look at the right. Dix-Nike uh, partnership announced today. Look at the trademark patent that we talked about yesterday that Nike filed yeah, to sell its swoosh and just do it merchandise in virtual worlds. Well, we haven't even talked about Match. What? <laughs> What's going on with oh, Match? Oh, come on. You must have saw it happen. I didn't see it. Tell me. Yes, you did. No. Okay, so Match, as I get out my what am I looking at, which yes. is something a good you're that on, the club you're up does. To page seven here. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, there was a tremendous number of, of IPOs. number if you want of the, news. If, if you want this for the investment okay. club, you hold your phone up to Jim's head where there's a QR code embedded. The Kramerverse. And Kramer you get oh, I'm so glad you mentioned verse, because what was interesting about Match, Match has a metaverse. It's called Single Town. It's a live virtual world where you get an avatar. An avatar can engage with others. It's a new experience that provides a glimpse into how metaverse experiences could be applicable to dating. They call it the next phase of dating where your, meta, your avatar meets someone else's avatar. And, you know, if there's chemistry, then who the heck knows? <laughs> 
right? Sp- do you the sparks fly? Do you keep it in the metaverse or do you take it out of the metaverse? <laughs> what stay, What happens in the metaverse stays in the metaverse. I, mean, I think there are so many questions, so many that so, I have so, about this, and we need to t- start asking them all. I'm asking Yesterday every single one of them. you asked if we keep the same wives. Yes. And now you want to know if you can transfer well, girlfriends from the digital to the physical world. Your avatar could have the time of its life. It sure could. Well, you in every leading technology, you know what I won't say. Yep, no, you it's, know it's always what it led. Is. You know what leads. Yes. Every single time. I think, I think our viewers know too. You know too. Yes. I'm not going there. Um, no, I think we, it's a way to be won't. able to read but Shakespeare. We, that's what gets there. We also didn't mention Microsoft in Adela's video yesterday, looking at Mesh wow. and Teams and the testimonial from Accenture on how it's how they're onboarding new hires. They are doing so well. I mean, anyone who has their system knows that Teams comes up immediately. And it's like, wow, I guess I better use it because it just came up immediately. He, he's doing a very good job. And that's the, that's become the blue chip that no one's worried about. It's never mentioned in front of Congress, not since 1999 when they had that kind of nasty dust up where uh, Steve Ballmer said some, some terrible things about the attorney general. It was ill-advised, by the way. Uh, meta platforms. Well, what can I say? Um, Zillow Group down 15% this morning, obviously getting out of the eye-buying business, uh, half a billion dollar write-down, cutting a quarter of its workforce. This is what Jim said about that home-buying model in, is this right, April of 2019? Yeah. Take a listen to this. Maybe Rich Barton can orchestrate a phenomenal turnaround at Zillow. I'm glad he's running things again. But I think this headlong rush into the house flipping business could prove to be very risky. And even if it works, there will be absolutely be some brutal speed bumps along the way. Yeah. Wow. Well, it turned out to be a little bit like uh, when Andy Dufresne approaches the ward in Shawshank and says that he's obtuse. This was an obtuse move. I was early on on it, thinking that this has got to be one of the dumbest things. I remember they were going to make a market in homes, kind of like the OTC or now NASDAQ. And uh, it was ill-advised. I said, stay away. I said, don't touch this stock. I said, it could be a disaster. And hey, you You know. You were dead right. But I liked Uh, Wingstop, too. Were they they basing... It on the Zestimates? Because anytime you look they at could, a Zestimate, they thought like, they could, that doesn't look anything like yeah, what I think. Exactly. They thought that they would be able to predict by using, you know. AI. Their AI, AI. did not function yeah, well. Well, their avatars are They own thousands and thousands of homes. Well, they've the sold a lot of homes. I yeah. Didn't get a great price, I don't think. But no, they're down. I no. think they're down, average down, for what, 4% on. on no, they cut 25% of their yeah. workforce. And I felt that when I listened to the call, the level of arrogance that oozed through that conference call was uh, for Zillow. For Last Barton. night? Yeah, it was really kind of painful. As I felt the closing bell interview with Barton was painful. I wasn't buying what he was selling. Here's what he said on closing bell last night. This was a necessary decision. We just determined that being an, an iBuyer was too risky, too volatile, and ultimately address too few customers, too narrow. You know, so that, that wasn't eating enough crow for you? No, when I, when, I, when I first came out, what I said was it was too risky, too volatile, and too small. So, hey, better late than never? No, 25% of the workforce, billions law. I mean, I don't know. I think that would have been a case for humility. Like, Mark Tritton, I don't people remember, but when he reported, he said, look, I screwed up. Yeah. I screwed up, it was bad. But, well, this was, uh, I, I thought this was an admission that kind of, was not uh, sorrowful enough. Right. 
Uh, it, it was I mean, so, a, a guy who finishes use, in last place in the NFL is more sorrowful. To use one of your favorite terms, it's suboptimal. Very suboptimal. Yeah. Um, let me go to something that isn't, which is... Oh, let me guess. Hold on just a second. Yeah. Uh, uh, discovery? You want an envelope? No. You, no. 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 Um, one more. Okay. Uh, discovery. T-Mobile. Yes. Yeah. T-Mobile. Yes. What is T-Mobile? Yeah, what is T-Mobile? How much did I get? 600? Was uh, that for it's up, it was up 7%. It's still up over 6 um, Obviously, one of the largest... <laughs> Right up there with AT&T and Verizon in terms of uh, the size of the company. Is it bigger than um, Bed Bath? It's bigger than U.S. Steel, I'll tell you that much. Wow. And it's, yeah, it's about, uh, it's a lot of Bed Baths are in there. Well, we're talking $150 billion market value. Stock is up. Take a look, though. This, <laughs> what, how like much this. has been down since no, AT&T? I mean, they're getting, they're getting the benefit of, uh, there was an upgrade at Raymond James, postpaid uh, phone net ads, uh, $673,000. We all know how, or many people believe they're the best position in terms of 5G at this point, given their spectrum position overall. You can see none of these, none of these stocks has done well this year. Uh, it has no. been a difficult competition. Don't forget, uh, Comcast and Charter also competing to some extent, although they too have not been particularly strong performers in the stock market overall. They're the concern more about the loss of subs in the broadband market, or lack of growth, I should say. Um, but take a look at the numbers, because Jim... When you look at the quarter, and that adds the six hundred AT and T. AT and T. I know had the most. I know T Mobile only had six hundred seventy-three thousand. I mean, it's not nothing, but AT and T uh, added nine hundred twenty-eight thousand subs, oh. and uh, that is above, That was that was number one, That's and they point. certainly won't let you forget that. Of course, that will seg- segue us into discovery. I think, because they are moving ahead, uh, getting closer and closer. Perhaps as soon as, I don't know, April of next year, you could see an approval and the deal close. Let's call it late, early, mid-spring, I don't um, where Discovery will merge with the Warner assets. Yeah, that's... Stock not, not doing much. early. You saw the Archegos. There it is. I mean, there's the Archegos Mountain. Uh, and I, it is amazing to look back at that. But when you look over a long period of time, Discovery hasn't really done much. And it yeah. is down. It has not responded well to the deal itself. David Zaslav, <laughs> though, talking about and addressing one of the key fears of shareholders, which is the leverage. It's going to be five times when they get the deal done. But he says we see a path to reducing leverage to around three times meaningfully sooner than what we articulated in May when the deal was announced. Uh, this points to stronger financial footing than we had anticipated as we stand up the merge company, accelerate the pace to deliver uh, there. Um, they do have 20 million direct-to-consumer subs now for Discovery Plus. Uh, um, and, again, he did emphasize that ability to reduce leverage to three times meaningfully sooner. But yeah. overall, linear networks keep going down, and that does also continue to be a key concern of investors. The numbers are, are negative, and they will continue to be negative, it would seem, for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah. Also, uh, yeah, sorry, Kevin Meyer, three percent lower and eight percent lower for four percent, eight percent lower from linear networks total subscribers. Kevin Mayer being added as a consultant as of now. Of course, the man who helped launch Disney's very successful direct to consumer offering, Disney Plus. He will come in as a consultant. It was asked on the call, well, will he be made a permanent part of the executive team? That does not appear to be the case at this point. But yeah, Carl, that was interesting as well. He said he's getting in the car with us. Uh, we'll see about an operating role down the road, but that's a, that's interesting. Yeah, but David's right. I mean, when you look at there's been some moves in in a lot of different sectors that have been very positive, and that sector has been one to avoid. Um, uh, Act.
Activision, Jim, uh, down 15%. Oh, my. And Did you read that one, that conference call? Yeah. I mean, I've been following the company in part because, of course, the difficulties it has had in terms of those harassment lawsuits, allegations, state of California coming after right. them. They're doing a lot to address that. But I don't know if that led to the inability to get stuff done That's what on the same timeline or be not on the timeline that they had originally uh, we do told have us they were. analysts saying that that is the reason uh, that there's been so much turnover at key levels uh, simply because of, of what is uh, misconduct. I do want to point to a line in that conference call that I found to be disturbing that Bobby Kotick said. He goes, um, there, there will be no more retaliations against anyone making a compliance complaint. They'll be terminated immediately. So in other words, let's say you said, I think there's sexism, then you were retaliated against. That is uh, outrageous and good that they're going to terminate people, but they should maybe with extreme prejudice for life until they A bunch of other movers to watch. Uh, Lyft is up almost 11% today, talking about better uh, driver availability. As we go to break, take a look at the bond report. As uh, the Dow is down 110, S&P is back to 46.24. We did get 151 this morning on the 10-year. That is a a two-and-a-half-week low. And, of course, just a few hours away now from the Fed's statement and presser. Don't go away. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live at CME HQ with breaking news. Our October final read on the market PMIs on the composite. Well, 57.3 was mid-month. Three-tenths of improvement now placed the final read at 57.6. And we look at the service index. It also improved. It wasn't expected to. Whether it was labor costs or supply issues, many thought it would move in the reverse. But 58.7, a half a percent better than our mid-month read at 58.2. And, of course, we may have what is the preferred services PMI coming up at the top of the hour, along with factory orders and durable goods. Don't touch that remote. Squawk on the street will return after these important messages. When I sit down with CEOs and they stay that they have not uh, met with the mayor here in a city that we call ourselves the Empire State. How don't we engage with those who have the empires here? And when we hit that reset, uh, the resources, the expertise, uh, all of that information can be used to help people uh, move out of institutional poverty. And I think it's an important relationship. That's New York City Mayor-elect. Uh, Eric Adams uh, talking about uh, the election last uh, this morning on Squawk Box. Uh, the second black New York City mayor uh, says that practical is progressive. Jim, that's a new message. Well, look, I, I'm from Brooklyn. Enjoy what he had to say. I, I think that what matters, and Davey may disagree with me, but I, I think that there was an overall feeling that Wall Street wasn't really wanted under the previous administration. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think that's I think that was made clear. Any of the executives that certainly we speak to. Um, not on air, but privately have indicated that there was a sort of a we're not interested. Right. And uh, Mr. Delivered. Adams, Mayor Adams, now mayor elect, has made it very clear uh, throughout that uh, the campaign uh, that he's going to have a different approach. And there are a lot of decisions that big companies still, even if you hear about them moving certain things to Florida, big companies need to make decisions in coming years about whether they want to stay here. For example, a Blackstone. Right. When you think about all the employees they have in this and, uh, city and whether they'd want to create a new headquarters, very hard to 
have that conversation even with the last administration. Do you think he would have been a champion much, of Amazon? Much easier to have a conversation. You Absolutely would have been a I champion agree. of Amazon. It would have been very important. And the headquarters that, uh, that ultimately did not occur, yeah. even though it had been awarded to Queens. Uh, 30,000 plus jobs potentially. Although these days, who knows who's actually going to be in the office anyway, but, um, but yeah. still paying jobs. So a different, a yeah. different approach. Yeah. Uh, some of the, uh, the Castle office swipe data is getting slowly better. Uh, and the Gallup poll today, uh, 18% say the pandemic's getting worse. It's down from 54% a month ago. Oh, that's terrific. As people begin to feel better about uh, childhood vaccines and orals yeah, and all Dr. of that. Yeah, Dr. Gottlieb had good things to say. I'm not saying it's rearview mirror. I do think that, because he said, listen, regionally, it's a regional uh, notion right now. It's not a national. I thought that was very shrewd because yeah. we don't feel it up here. Yeah, it's true. Uh, let's get to Bob Bassani this morning. Hey, Bob. Not even on the advanced decline line. Goldman's a little bit weak. Uh, fresh highs, though, over in Europe. Europe's been on a tear recently. Just take a look at the sector. It's kind of a mixed picture uh, right now. Uh, more defensive, consumer staples, higher, energy, industrials, techs, modestly weaker. But tech's been on a tear. Momentum really strong there. Banks fractionally on the upside. The big debate still in earnings, of course, duration of the supply chain constraints. How long is this going to go on? A number of comments this morning. Very interesting. Some of the big global industrials have been reporting. Take a look for for example, at Emerson, huge global uh, electrical uh, component company. Demand continues to be strong. That's the theme we've heard all throughout the season. Volumes lower due to the supply chain constraints. And they're talking about these operational challenges. That means supply chain uh, continuing through the first half there. So there's a number uh, on that. Uh, Borg Warner, big automotive, global automotive parts manufacturer. Same thing, strong demand, decline in industry production due to supply constraints. Earnings growth, but actually, amazingly, lower than last year due to these supply constraints. So there you see the real impact that's going on here. Different business, but Mondelez essentially said the same thing. Uh, Snacks and beverage, obviously, but demand is vibrant. Uh, They're raising prices, folks. Oreo cookies are going up. Uh, Some of the chocolates are going up as well. Uh, We expect elevated inflation and logistics volatility to persist. And it's interesting, Dirk Vandeput, the CEO, made some comments saying he was surprised by the consumer's willingness to accept price increases uh, and was asked when would it change. And he said it's a bit of a guess at the moment. So he's not quite sure himself here. If you look at the numbers here, Emerson down, Borg Warner down, Mondelez up 2%. Tupperware, by the way, surprisingly had an earnings beat and a significant revenue shortfall. And of course, they cited all the, uh, the ongoing problems with logistics and of course, uh, the global pandemic. So Tupperware is getting hit rather noticeably on that revenue uh, shortfall today down 13%. So where does it all mean? It's the same basic theme. We've seen demand to be continue to be really strong. We are seeing the supply uh, constraints that are existing uh, for everybody else. Uh, and overall, the margins are continuing to be reasonably strong. There are some isolated examples in the consumer staples spaces, but generally earnings this quarter, Carl, going to come in up about 12%, 12.5%. I'm talking about uh, margins right now, 12, 12.5%. That is lower than the 13.5% record margins that we saw in the S&P uh, in the second quarter, but still remarkably high given all these supply chain issues. And the story is very simple. If you can unravel some of these supply chain constraints, the demand is there, revenues will be rising. And that's one reason the overall stock market 
is holding up so well. Carl, back yeah, to you. A couple more promising notes out of the autos today, at least on that front. Bob, thanks. Okay. Uh, Bob Bassani. Let's get to stop trading with Jim. Okay, uh, CVS is very important today. Karen Lynch to me, a terrific job. New CEO Larry Merlo put uh, previous policy in place of buying Aetna. Uh, Lisa Gill, one of my favorite analysts over at JP Morgan, talking about Aetna adding 1.3 million incremental members, uh, a Medicare Advantage up 9.2%, but a lot of it benefited from vaccines at CVS. Still, they keep the customers, then it's going to go even higher. Sells at 12 times earnings. I still like it. Ah, uh, yeah. Walgreens today says uh, kid vaccines begin Saturday. Yeah, so it's more uh, more business for CVS. Uh, really, you know, really, uh, Larry Merlot took a lot of heat for what he did with that. And then they paid back $18 billion in debt. And I think Karen Lynch is doing a magnificent job. All right, Jim. How about tonight? Okay, so I've got uh, Wingstop. I've got an, uh, Nice Source. And then I've got an interesting guest who's, I think, an icon. I've got Jane Goodall. And we're talking about trees. I know. I'm an idol. I, I mean, Jane Goodall. My, my daughter went as her for Halloween a couple of years ago. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, we love Goodall in our house. Well, she she's is um, talking about trees. She mentioned at Davos. And she's uh, been, I'm in awe of her. New book is really amazing. She's just one of the tight, you know, I got to meet, uh, at one point I got Bishop Tutu. And now I've got Jane Goodall. That's <laughs> them. There we go. That's what I want to meet. It's pretty cool. Thank you. That's a good guy. Cool. We'll see you tonight, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, you can get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Uh, sign up and find out more, cnbc.com slash investing club, or just use the QR code. Up or as David head. does, just take your David phone and point it right at Jim's head. <laughs> but I'm going to make it happen. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.